Hey, I'm Ben Houck. And I'm Chris Heyer. And this is the Drop the Remote Podcast. This is a cowboy rootin' tootin' good time. Yeehaw, motherfuckers. Yeehaw, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Wait, that's a different <laughs> that's episode. A different, that's a whole nother one. Oh my God, we are so excited to talk westerns. We've watched two really, really good ones. We watched one good one. One good one. And, and one, one that's nominated for an Oscar. Agreed. But I, yeah. and, and we went back and we made our top five westerns of all time. I went, I jumped through a couple of them. Like, I had to get a little tombstone in me. I, no spoilers for later, but there's going to be some banger westerns on our list. I got and, fired up about westerns watching this. Yeah. And so really excited to do the western episode for the folks out there. Um, we're going to start off off the top with The Harder They Fall. It's a Netflix Western that dropped in 2021. Uh, we're going to be doing a deep dive in that in just a couple minutes. And then we're going to hit our top five list of best Westerns in our mind. Uh, but first, off the top, we want to talk about some other stuff that we've just been watching and what's going on in the world. So, Chris, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Well, I actually had a week off of school last week, so I could actually watch things, which was Super cool. Chris does double duty, by the way. I He's got, got a full-time job, and he goes to school. I got so a lot going on. God bless his heart for still doing his podcast and making my dumb ass sound good. So <laughs> I'm making it work. Shout out I'm making Chris. it work. Uh, so I actually I have a list of the things that I've been watching. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it on mic last time or not, but uh, Winning Time. Winning Time's great. It only, we're only on episode three. I haven't watched the third one yet. Okay. I'm, I'm only up to the first two. Really, really great. John C. Riley is Dr. Buss, Fucking who rejuvenates the Los Angeles Lakers after uh, they have just gone to the finals and lost and lost and lost and lost to the Boston Celtics, who've just been kicking their ass. And Buss is, he's ready to bring Showtime and Magic Johnson to LA and make it a big deal. And like, by the end of episode three, it, it is, I'm I'm not blue balled, but I am ready to like full thrust because like I, you're just so excited. You can feel it coming. You can feel the excitement coming. And they're just like, <laughs> they're waiting to happen. Magic Johnson has not hit the court in, in a Laker uniform yet. And obviously that's going to be the big thing. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, really, really hyped for that. And obviously you got Kareem, you got all these legendary Lakers on the team. They do some wild stuff with like the, the film that they use mm. and like. Sometimes somebody will be talking and then it'll cut to them just smoking a cigarette, but you still hear them talking yeah. over it. And I, I it's it's cool. I like what the, they're doing. The editing like, is definitely new and exciting and different. And they made a choice to use the same type of film that was available in the early 80s. And it's not like like there's there's good quality like Jaws came out in 75 and Jaws looks fucking great but they chose to use like grainy, weird looking yeah. film that's not always perfect in the well, light. Well, sometimes it's just the person in the front looks like they're filmed mm. regular and then the background has that like grainy look right, to right, it. Right. And so it's just got this really unique vibe and it's like Vin <laughs> they break the fourth wall all the right. time. People talk like directly at you right. about and things. And then to bring the sex reference, it looks like vintage Playboy. Like it does. a lot of it. And it's like, a lot it's of it's been at the mansion so it, far. So. Agreed. Uh, Dr. Buss was a big fan of Hugh. Um, and it's just, it's just got this really great vintage vibe and like the, the soundtrack, the 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 costumes are on point oh, and John C. Riley just as always so chill good. crushing it. Um, He's one of those guys where I like saw him in, um, fuck gangs in New York. Sure, never recognized him. Yeah, and then like weird saw character actor for a long yeah. time, and then he finally breaks out, and he's just like, "What are you?" Then been like Step Brothers and shit, yeah. and I'm like, "Heart oh. Eight. He was in Heart Eight. He's in like all these fantastic movies going all the way back, and it's just like, 
What? And then he like was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing comedy now." And just yeah, is walk, fucking walk hilarious. hard. All that walk shit. hard is great. Yeah, Step Brothers obviously legendary. So. Uh, Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby, John C. Riley. We love him, and like I would watch anything he did. And then he makes a basketball movie, which like to be fair, like I'm not a huge basketball fan, and I think in the last three or four years, my uh, maybe it's my boss's influence, maybe it's Chris's influence. Get me back on the Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Uh, let's go Knicks. Um, to the bottom of the fucking standings. <laughs> yeah. Um, tough, tough times for the Knicks. I've I've bet against them two weeks in a two games in a row now, and uh, they've more than uh been covered by their opponents. <laughs> let's put it that way. The Hawks and uh, the, the Jazz. Jazz have more than beat up on them in the last game. So I don't know if I'm going to go three for three, but um, yeah, really great show. What else have you been watching, Chris? Okay, so the next thing I've been watching, and I don't know, I don't know if we've ever talked about it. I don't know if you watch it. I watched season two of I Think You Should Leave. Have you ever watched I Think You Should Leave? No, I haven't. You know anything about it at all? No. <laughs> so it's um it's Tim Robinson mm-hmm. is the guy, and it's like a sketch show. But it's like super fucking random. Oh uh, no, that's a hot Sam dog. Richardson that's, is in it. Yeah, the yeah, hot, the dog, hot dog, one dog one is, is like the, the big pilot one. episode. Yes, yeah. I, yes, I have seen the, at least a pilot. Um, it's one of those shows that everybody is just like, "What are you doing? You need to watch this." Yeah, hell yeah. Show, and I because I had watched season one after a couple of people told me about. I think the hot dog one, mm-hmm. and then there's like one where it's like this baby competition. It's like who's the best baby, and one of the babies is like the bad boy of the competition, <laughs> and all these people are like, I think his name is Harley Jarvis, and they're like, "Fuck you, Harley Jarvis!" And they're like, "I'll piss at this baby with like right. a leather jacket it's, on." It's the little league thing, but taken way yeah. younger. <laughs> and so the second season came out a while ago, and I hadn't watched it for a mm. while, and I had this time, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm watching it." Yeah. And, so fucking good. Like Sam Richardson is in like maybe two episodes. He's like the host of the baby one. Mm. And in this one, <laughs> he's got this competition that's just called the Little Buff Boys competition. And they're at like some like corporate like event. Mm. And he just comes in with all these kids in like these fucking like muscle man suits. And he just makes the boss. He's like, which one of these little buff boys are you going to pick? Who's the winner? <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't want to pick one of these boys. And he's I, it's that's so fucking show. I got it. I got to get caught It's up very hit or miss. Some of them you're just like, the fuck yeah, is as, going as on this in weird this sketch one. comedy but again i love people who are taking chances oh, and swinging for the fence when it hits it fucking hits <laughs> too. and there's there's a lot of good people this season had like bob odenkirk was mm-hmm. in a, an episode um i'm gonna forget everyone else but there was like a lot of really good people in it where i'm like oh fuck like it seems like people were recognizing like oh this is a cool yeah. show i'm gonna yeah. fucking get it's involved. definitely a top five show i know i need to get through yeah. for sure and it's quick they're like 20 minute episodes i fucking ripped through it in like yeah. one night Speaking of 20-minute episodes where that when they hit, they freaking crush. Uh, the latest South Park episode, the St. Patrick's Day oh one. Oh, my God, dude. I laughed really, really hard. <laughs> the reverse cultural appropriation thing of, this is a white holiday. Yeah. It's the last good white <laughs> holiday. You can't use this. That and Butters being uh, arrested for sexual little, assault little for pinching for somebody. for St. Patrick's Day. Just got a little pinch. And yeah. I was a big fan of that one. Huge. huge you know, it's 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 that to me was classic South Park humor, and they knew what they were doing. And even when they took like the old religious photo of St. Patrick and just like superposed it yeah. on the cardboard body, oh, and, like, yeah, shuffled it. That's like so vin- good. They, they clearly were going for the vintage South Park thing. Loved it. Um, so yeah, def- definitely recommend there. that one. Yeah. Okay, I got a couple more. Okay. Um. So, oh, I watched one episode of this show, Minx. Okay, Have so it's on my Minx? list. Me and Stephanie are going to start it, like, potentially tonight. If you want to see a ton of dong, nice. you're going to watch Minx. <laughs> so give us give us the plot. Give the folks the plot line. It's not home. bad. So it's, uh, 
this woman is trying to pitch a magazine. She's got this idea for like a feminist. She wants to magazine. start a feminist magazine and she can't get anybody to publish it except for a pornography company. And he decides to do it's the Playboy, but for women. Of, yeah. So, yeah, it's he, he's like, it's well, like put play- all your stuff in there, but right. also we're going to throw dong like, right. all over. This right. Thing. It's the Playgirl model of what do they actually call the magazine? It's called Minx. The, it's called the Minx magazine day. is called. She's got some like uh, feminist revolution or I can't remember what it, her like original name for the mm-hmm. magazine is. And they're like, we're going to have to make that sexier hey i mean read playboy for the articles read minx for the articles yeah too. well and like in the beginning she's like not super sure if she mm-hmm. wants to do it or whatever and then that burt reynolds centerfold comes out right and like everybody's like oh my god this is amazing and right. she like is like okay fine it's like we'll do it, it it's way up there i know it's on hbo max yeah yep. so it's, they're getting it, really into the 70s like 80s shit going on right now and i got it's, no problem it's a rich text there's a lot going on there's a lot going on um Definitely way up on my show, on my list. Uh, there's an embarrassment of riches of TV shows coming out. Um, on Netflix, me and Stephanie crushed the Human Resources Big Mouth spinoff. Oh, it, it I is, saw. I watched like the preview for that. It is Big Mouth meets The Office. Yeah, it's so funny because it's no longer about teenagers. When they realized like most of the people who were watching Big Mouth were actually adults who were really into The Office, they're like, "Let's just make the Office yeah. version of Big Mouth," and <laughs> but with so, like a fantasy element, to right? It. Right, and the and they deal with like adult sexual and hormonal and whatever issues. So now there's like an ambition gremlin who is Rosie Perez, who I freaking love. Rosie Perez has been having a real resurgence. Lately. Love Rosie Perez. I'm so here for it. Um. Who else? It's got a crazy good cast. And I'm again, I'll, you know me with names. I'm going to butcher half of them. But Rosie Perez as the Ambition Gremlins really great. Um, the Shame Wizards, even more powerful as you become an adult. Um, the tracks. Preg- the pregnancy part of it is like the postpartum depression and all of the hormones that happen through pregnancy. It's like any, all the hormones that you know affected you in. Uh, puberty affects you seven times as much in adulthood through pregnancy. Um, so there's a couple really, really great episodes. Um, the addiction angel is what they call them. Like, there's some really great ideas. Really yeah. funny. Nick Kroll crushes as always. Um, go watch it. The other okay, I got two more. Okay, Christy randomly put on Windfall the okay. other day, uh, which ties into. I mean, we're probably not going to talk about it as much. The uh, What's the the dog? Uh, Just the movie called Dog. No, 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 the no. Channing Tatum thing that came out. No, no, no. The because uh, um, well, I'm pulling a a U with the name stuff, yeah. but the the guy in that is also in the western that we just watched with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, just Plemons. Plemons, no. yeah. But yeah. it's Jesse Plemons, right? And Phil L- Collins's daughter, Lily Collins, yeah, and, and Jason Segel, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like the three of them. Basically for the whole movie. It was interesting. It was it was a weird one, but like I think I liked it. it that's also on my list. If I know I know I need to watch it. Um it came out literally five days ago, so I'm like trying yeah. to get up on it. Again, embarrassment of riches of things coming out. Like they're crushing it. it. It's not not dumpy where like March is just like full blown, like you're gonna have tons of content. Atlanta's coming out like a- Atlanta comes out in three days. So excited about that. So yeah, unbelievable hype around Atlanta. Um the last thing I'm going to talk about real quick on my end was Turning Red. Um, oh, you it watched was, it? It was my one of my most um, anticipated movies of 2022. It's a Pixar movie. 
Um, I gave it a B minus, which is probably unfair at the time. I've upgraded it since then. Probably, I've literally rewatched it three times. Wow. To, uh, watched it once and then two more rewatches of specific scenes and specific things because the internet is blowing up on Turning Red. And I'm here to say, just watch it for the pandas and the story and like don't read too much into the subtext of it. We're and yes, talking about the period talk. Yeah. And yes, teenagers are weird in like... Like if all the big mouth is not hitting at all, like teenagers <laughs> and puberty are weird. Let it happen. Like stop fighting it. It's gonna it's, happen. It's, it's ridiculous. And like the fact that they can make that into an adorable panda metaphor and kind of tastefully deal with Chinese culture and like kudos to them for making a very entertaining, fun kids movie. Uh, enough said. I, I don't think it's my favorite. It's no Wally. It's no uh, Inside Out. It's no. It's not as soul crushing as some of the other picks are um but it's very funny very well done loved it um definitely strong recommend so the last one i've got uh before we get into it is um it's, i don't know how i feel about it yet have you ever watched one of those shows where you're like you start it and you're like there's so much potential here yeah. and i want them to like crush mm -hmm. it and like all the actors are great and it's just not quite living up to like what you hope, but you're like, I'm going to finish it. And yeah. like, if there's a second season, I think it's going to be awesome. So for me, that's this new show on, I guess it's not that new. There's like eight episodes out. Uh, Our flag means death on HBO max. Yes. Have you heard of that one? Yes, I have. So it's basically, it's a couple of guys from what we do in the shadows, the, the movie. Yes. So the guy, Rice Darby, is that his name? Yep, I'm that's not it. Sure. Yep. That dude is fucking hilarious. I love him in Flight of the Concords. He's so funny. And so he's like this rich dude that just like decides to buy this boat and go become a pirate. Right. And he and, has and it's a period piece, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, in yeah. 1717. He's got like a crew of like pirates that are all like not great pirates. <laughs> like none of them are. It's almost like a office but like pirates right right like the, the very the workplace drama and comedy yeah is like, like all in the there, very yeah. first like scene but is, the workplace is a pirate yeah and he's the first scene he's like solid premise he's like we're gonna go uh we got a ship we're gonna take over and i love the the new zealand accent but i can't do it but it's like yeah. we're gonna go try and take this ship and like it's them on this big like pirate ship and they look down and it's like this little dinghy with two guys in it and he's like, you're going to be boarded. And like somebody drops a cannonball off of it. And he's like, that was a warning shot. <laughs> and he like can't get down. So he's like, hold, hold the ladder for it. he's got like a rope ladder. And he like comes and steals like their plant. <laughs> like, so like they're going around and one of the guys keeps talking about Blackbeard. He's like, oh, I used to be on Blackbeard's like crew and all this stuff. And nobody believes him. Mm -hmm. And finally they, they run into this, these guys on this island and it turns out later on you find out that they work for Blackbeard, who is uh Taika Watiti. Yep. Who who you know, we mentioned a hundred times on this pod, hilarious. big, big fan. And uh he for whatever reason thinks that this guy is hilarious. Like mm -hmm. he thinks he's really interesting and he wants to like hang out. So he just kind of joins their crew for a while and like <laughs> is like an actual pirate with all these like terrible pirates. Right, right. And he brings the bad guys above he brings the bad guys on with the people who are just role-playing shit. Right, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, dude, it's it's pretty, it's got some moments that I'm like, that's why I'm like, I can see it right, right there. I know it's going to be decent, especially mm -hmm. if I if they do a second season. And just looking up the cast, it's got Joel Fry too, who I sort of, he came in super hot in um, Yesterday, the Beatles wannabe movie. Um, okay. It's, it's got a couple of people. He's apparently Frenchy in the show. I don't know if you know him. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I always thought he He's was good. really funny. There's a bunch of guest stars, too. Will Arnett is in an episode. There you go. Oh, what's her name? Uh, God, I'm not gonna... Wesley Jones is in it okay. for a little bit. Fred Armisen does a does a, has a little so it's piece got a ton, in it's there. It's got a ton of people. Oh, yeah. it's it. Like I said, it's... It's got Nat Foxen comes in for an episode, looks like. Yeah, um, it's a lot of, like, yeah, yeah. one-offs. Okay, yeah. There's there's Fred. I'm, I had to go a little deeper on the uh, IMDb yeah. to find something. Fred's, but yeah. Fred's in it like maybe two episodes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that that definitely looks great. Gonna like have I to. Said, ch- it's one of those ones where I can see there's so much fucking potential there, but sometimes it's just not hitting right for me. Mm. I don't want to spoilers anything for you. Are you gonna watch it? You want me to hold off for a um, minute on it? I I might. It's it's getting great ratings and uh yeah I might have to check that out. What's okay. it what's it on? It's on HBO Max. That's an HBO Max one. Another too. HBO Max. HBO's going for it. Man. Dude they're they're taking care of business uh, right speaking now. of was it on HBO that you recommended the after party. Yes. Um and we crushed through that and I have I also have to like be be my like I love that it did the genre hopping episodes but I think every other episode worked for me. And that's what didn't work for me. Like, I need a show that's like, at least the like, whole thing works. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's getting better. It's getting better. And then it, it, it peaks. This was like really great episode, kind of shit episode, really great episode, kind of shit yeah. episode. And like it, it, and I was also like kind of unsatisfied with who they, did you guess pinned. the murderer? No, no, absolutely not. I, I, I really thought it was going to be the weird guy who they were blatantly pointing to for the entire well, right. Walter, and they, right? And they uh, call them the butler, and so, I was like, oh, the butler always did yeah, it. Like, we're not going to tell us. It's not Walter, guys. But yeah, you're never going to guess who it actually is, so good luck. My buddy guessed it. I, I asked him like two day, like a couple days before <laughs> the final episode came out. I was talking to a couple people at work, and I was like, who do you guys think did it? And my one buddy said who it was, and I was like, I don't know, man. That just seems like out there. But we did a little but deeper dive on the after party on our TV episode. Um, Tiffany Haddish crushes it. Really good. Um, Nate Robinson, again, really, he was the best part of that show, just being like the really good chuckle guy, you know. Um, I, Nate Robinson, the basketball player? Did I, did I screw up his name? I thought it was Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. Oh my God. How, what the, what <laughs> Nate am I Robinson doing? is a tiny little man that my, can dunk fantastic. My bad. Sam Richardson <laughs> we'll is, is we'll the goody goody. Um, yeah, definitely. Get rid of, good Lord. I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> Sam Richardson is the goody goody guy that. in the after party. And so he just, he's very good. Very funny. Um, he's, he's been on a tear lately, too. Yeah. He's been on a lot of Very stuff. busy. I'm he's a big fan a of him. Busy though. resume. Uh, I think that's all I got. I think I'm ready to jump into The Heart of They Fall. You got anything else? That's all that's on my list. Sweet. All right, let's do it. It's Western time. We've got ourselves some ginger and bourbon. Real Yeehaw. Western man strength. Yeehaw. Let's go. I want to start off by saying my first note that I wrote down is because originally we were going to kind of do a compare and contrast to mm. year, is it year the power of the dog power of the dog. I keep yeah. wanting to say year of the dog so yeah that's that's where we came to this is like obviously we've been ripping on the Oscars a little bit on this show and we're trying to make it so that there's a monoculture around what's good and I think that's still some of our favorite watching of TV and of movies are the things that we've all watched together it's part of the reason that I'm doing the show is like I like having conversations with Chris about things because otherwise I'm just like watching in my house and have nobody to talk to. And it's, it's like there can be lots of good content. And if, if we're not talking about it, it doesn't last in my brain. It's just one of the it, most there and gone. frustrating things is watching a show that no one else has watched. Yeah. And you have no one to talk to about it. And you're like, all I want to do is talk to somebody about this. Yeah. And, and having that conversation and having that outlet um, for things that are good and we should, should be sharing. Um, that, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. So The Power of the Dog. We both watched it, um, and we both were firmly underwhelmed. Do you want to? It was just like meh. It yeah. was so slow, and 
I mean, I guess it picks up a little action at yeah. the end. And, and, and people told me it's better than the second watch. Once you know what's happening, once you can see what's coming, once you can see some of the subtext I earlier in the movie. I can see that, maybe. And I have to tell you, after pretty much, I, I wasn't paying firm attention the second time, yeah. but still did not work on me. And, and it's like, I hate that it's the Oscar frontrunner. Even the end comes, like, very suddenly, and yeah. you're just like, what? Yeah, and, like, I, I, I get it. And I, and I don't, I want to make this the show about uh, the harder they fall. Um, but that is what inspired it. And for a movie that came out in the same year, 2021, that's a Western, um, we think that the harder they fall has just as much to say um, and is probably a more entertaining movie. Yeah. My first <laughs> for note, sure, a more entertaining movie. My first note is the first three minutes are more exciting than the entirety of. Year, for, for sure. So, dog, um, whatever dog movie that is, the power of the dog. Um, the harder they fall, um, is a, uh, it's a. So James, I, I hope I don't screw up his name. Directed by James Samuel, um, who's done a lot of great stuff. But um, this is the first. Like he came out with a thesis statement of I'm going to make a black western, and he always only really done They Die by Dawn before that in 2013. Another black style Western. So he's very much like obsessed with this Western genre um, and gets a second chance with Netflix and he gets Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beetz, Delroy Lindo, Daniel Deadweiler, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, RJ Kyler. It, it just keeps Fucking going on. All-star lineup. All-star lineup uh, for his black Western and the star power alone kind of sucks me right in. So many people from so many like shows that I love, mm. so many. Did you ever watch... Lovecraft Country? Yes. That's where I first knew Jonathan Majors right. from, is I really like that. Um, it was the God, the horror guy. I now can't think of his name. Um, Lovecraft. Uh, it, the horror... HP Lovecraft? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Lovecraft Country, right? You yeah, just yeah. said it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my brain's... Too, <laughs> the bourbon and ginger. You can have one. One cowboy drink and you're already done. Uh, I'd already be done anyway. But yeah, the body horror and weird things happening to black people in the scope of a very racist sci-fi writer. Like HP reality Lovecraft. mixed with sci-fi and you're almost like, which one is more terrifying? The it's, reality it, or the sci-fi? Exactly. The... Um, execution of Lovecraft Country did not get as much of a rave review as I liked, but I really liked the show. I think a I lot of it was things, good. A lot of the things it did was really great. And that's how I came to know Jonathan Majors. He's our protagonist in The Heart of They Fall. And I love it. In the first two minutes, you're off. Yeah. So in the first minute, it's just cold open to a dining room setting. His father's um, a religious man. They're sitting down to dinner to, to do prayer in the Old West. Um, they're holding hands. They got a chicken. Like Everything looks very homey. Classic. And then, boom, door busts open. Two goons with guns come in. It's like, you've done wrong. Yeah. And they <laughs> don't show Idris right, right away, which my one of my other notes is, how fucking old is Idris Elba in this? Because he seems... Like, I, again, they don't show him. But, he just isn't. He's not a spring chicken. He's, no. he's definitely getting. But like within context of the movie, he yeah. was like old enough to come in and do all this stuff. He's mm-hmm. like his own guy at this point. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to some years later. Like Majors is all grown up at this point. Yeah. It's like man, how old has he? Like, uh, ag- agreed. The movie insists that like at least. Eight, 16 18 years has gone by yeah, at least you know what i mean like you're, you're taking someone who's like five years old maybe in the, in the cold open and then suddenly he's older in the end of the movie he's like in his 20s probably um and so yeah definitely older that was one thing where i was 
kind of right is has, I, I let it go has, I let it yeah go. has Idris Elba lost a step by the end of it who knows uh, but anyway cold open uh, they blow his it's kind of the Batman opening he blows his father away blows his mother away and then visibly scars uh, Jonathan Majors right in the beginning with a cross and on when his... they bring that back later in the movie I'll wait till we get there mm. but badass is how what Idris has to say about that yeah and uh, so right off the bat you've, you've got the plot clearly Jonathan Majors wants revenge against Idris Elba for uh, waste, you know killing his parents for whatever reason whether they're good bad or indifferent um, and there it is and then immediately, the next scene, you get older Jonathan Majors killing the accomplice to Idris Elba, who they call the Scorpion, uh, in a church. He's got so many badass lines in mm-hmm. that, too. And he's... Right away. This, why would a man put a scorpion on his yeah. body? It's the one thing that's confounded me. I can get the yeah. snake, you know? And he's got it's, it's got a lot of great lines, and it's turning the Western on its head, because clearly the one-liners are, like, a part of Western Absolutely. culture and all the Sergio Leone stuff and all of this stuff. It's, like, it's the one-line delivery, you know? Um, they do a lot of them. Sometimes yeah. it's almost too many one-liners. Right. And clearly, the, because this is the first probably more widely seen black Western. And they clearly wanted to point a finger at that. Um, I also wrote, I, I want ponchos to make a comeback. Like those classic yes. Western yes. ponchos. I own one. It's and I just don't have the balls to wear it out. Yeah. I think it's, I'm it's gonna the, try it's the good, the bad, and the ugly poncho. Have you seen Clint Eastwood in it? It's it's killing. I wore it. I I was Clint Eastwood from Good, the Bad and the Ugly mm. for Halloween one year and I wore it out and I was like, This is amazing. Like, yeah. I wish I could wear this all the this time. It's like sort of comfortable. I need the balls to but just mildly go for fashionable. It. Um, it's great when you're camping. I'll say that. You don't have to carry a blanket around, mm. you're just wearing a blanket. <laughs> It's like a snuggie, but cool. So within the first five minutes, you get this line where the man who actually runs the church, uh, Nat Love, who's our who's our guy, um, the protagonist, he says, this is one man, turn his body in, you'll get $5,000 for your church. And the father says, why aren't you taking him in for yourself? Because Nat Love turns to him and looks at because I'm worth 10. And right away, we're off. We know yeah. Nat Love and his gang are going to be the badass cool, motherfucker. Some cool bad guys. And then, boom, the Jay-Z soundtrack of all things kicks right in as the title card starts going. And you get you get these cowboys riding across the West, and it's great. And I love how much reggae they put in the soundtrack, yes. too. It'll yeah, they were very cool. equal opportunity to all kinds of black music. And I, I did like that. And again, it's like, we're talking 1800s. We're talking about what are the influences of America right now. And it's like a lot of the island cultures very much were, you know, slavery directly came from island, you know, all that was part of the trade circle. So that culture came in a lot. And I always think uh, Buffalo a Soldier, Bob yeah, Marley. Absolutely. And that's what... Another great reference, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and then we're off. So the Scorpion's down and... Now we're just trying to find Idris Elba and his gang, and we learn that he's an even badder dude. Uh, do you want to take it from here? How they introduce Regina and his and so Regina King and I, actually gang? I do because I have a bit of an issue with it. Okay, so it's kind of back silhouettes showing them looking at this train that's riding along. Yep. What's her last name? Is it Regina King? Yes, Regina King. Also awesome. She crushed it in uh, the Watchmen series yes. that was on HBO. That, that's probably the most recent thing I've seen her in. She was really but, good in that. I mean, crazy long Wik- uh, Wikipedia slash uh, IMDb. She, oh, she's in so much stuff. Yeah. She's, she's very good. And the, the problem I have is, so the train is chugging along mm-hmm. and you just see her on her horse chilling on the train tracks. Mm-hmm. And they do the classic, the guys honking the horn. Right, right. Like, hey, 
get off the tracks. What are you doing there? Yep. And then slams on the brakes. And I'm like, guy, you got a fucking prisoner in the back of your train. Right. What are you stopping for this? But obviously, this is a trap where they right, want you to stop right. the goddamn it's, it's train. It's the Wild West. You don't stop the it's train. It's not a car that's broken down right, on right, the track. Right. This horse isn't broken down. It's standing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, She's purposely stopping you because she wants to do bad to your train. But he's like, what are you doing there? And yeah, and so they kill him. And they have the very badass scene on the train where Lakeith Stanfield kind of takes charge and is just like, I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. I'm gonna if I have to. Right. And and that's the thing is it's clearly playing against some of the old tropes. Because like one of the old tropes of a lot of Westerns is just like, we there no rules bar like we're not trying to be good guys. We are bad. We will kill. And so like I love right away that they're trying to paint these historically black cowboys as like not just bloodthirsty whatever it's like they were still seeing like how people were looking at them in the in the wild west too of like hey whatever you know the you did a lot of historical research for this movie and like 25 percent of all the people heading west were black because like clearly the south sucked in the 1800s oh, yeah. and then the north you know they were still a lot of weird you know, not great either. I just so, did a, a decent amount of that in my history class mm-hmm. for school, and it was the Great Migration, right? Where a lot of them headed west, everybody headed north because fucking the South was terrible. Right, right. So a little bit safer. It wasn't much better everywhere right. else, but you so, could get a lot more jobs in the right. west. Huge there black was population was just like, let's take our chances and take something for ourselves. And in, in you know, whether it was uh, you know your guaranteed land or whatever, um, you had more opportunities and more chances as you headed west. So they get Idris out. So they get Idris. You're right. So Idris is a is a is a prisoner on this train. They bust him out, and it's it's a crazy scene because Lakeith Stanfield is clearly like the quick draw guy of the Idris Elba. Idris, I keep going back and forth. Idris Elba gang, um, and I love it because there's his perfect. Um, the opposite of him is in the Nat Love gang too. Yep. Of who's the quicker. Uh, that, that I keeps... love the setup that they had of that whole thing. Yeah. It comes in a little later. I'll, I'll save it. Not, but... not that much further later is basically in the streets. He calls him out. And he's like, yeah, let's see who's a faster draw. And he he just won't do it. Lakeith Stanfield's like, nah, not, 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 not the time. time. Yeah. Not the time, bro. And again, they just keep poking it's... fun at all the old Western tropes. Right. It's funny because any other Western, there it is. It's going the down. Draw. Yeah. And it was so early. I was like, they're not doing that right now, are they? And Lakeith just shuts him down and he's like, well, you can either be alive or dead. <laughs> it's yeah, not who's yeah. fastest, it's who's dead. Right, right. And exactly. And it's it's all these like black people already had enough problems in the West. Do you really just want to die for nothing yeah. right now? Like again, like the the what is life worth after everything is is such a great theme throughout this movie that it it, it surpasses the silliness of the sound like the soundtrack, it takes you out of it a little bit because you're so used to the good, the bad, and the ugly, where all you hear is the weird whistle. Yeah. You, you hear um, diegetic sounds that you're expecting to be in the West, right? You're hearing maybe guitar music. You're hearing maybe a folk song of the day. You're hearing that stupid uh, piano music of the saloon, yeah. right? It's all diegetic. And I love that this is just like, no, screw that. We're all going. of a sudden, there's a dub beat playing. Right. Big soundtrack, yeah. Things I love... I watch, Do you watch them with subtitles on? Do you yeah, watch them absolutely. Yeah. And I love when they have the subtitles for the music. And this one, it just said, Beat, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. It's, it's fantastic. Um, do you want to go over uh, the love story a little bit and uh, stagecoach Mary's entrance and that whole scene? That was badass as hell, right? So, I'm pretty sure that's the... pretty much the next. There's a little bit of a shootout. There's some classic western stuff. This is a two hour movie, so we're gonna push through a little bit. I think, bit. yeah, it cuts over to Jonathan Majors goes to this bar, yeah, and who's the, the little. 
girl who plays her? Uh, Cuffy. Cuffy. Yeah. Yeah. Also great. Love, I think Cuffy might have been my favorite. He gets character. um Delroy Lindo, who's also fantastic. Bass Bass Reeves. Um, he's he's the sheriff of the whole thing. Uh, very famously, um, Bass Reeves was a real um. Or what do you call Marshall? Marshall, and he arrested Badass like three three thousand people and killed like fourteen. Like allegedly was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Yes, and from what I have read, they he was the inspiration. But at the time that it came out, you know, you couldn't have a black nineteen fifties like star of a show on TV. Yep. So that's where the little black mask comes from. Yep. It's like a slight nod to yep. him being, even though he was guy. the most one of the most badass cowboys of all time. Hell of a record. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't come until a little later, though. I, I thought it was all in that same stagecoach. No, Mary. there's a bit of a because Majors comes in mm. and stagecoach Mary is doing that badass song where she's like stomping. Yes. With the shotgun. Yes. And they're singing the kind of call and response thing. Really great. And. Like she finally comes up to Jonathan Majors and she's she's saying, "Oh, do they they like kiss really mm-hmm. quick?" And right, there's clearly a past history. Bef- and between, then she punches him right in the fucking face <laughs> between Stagecoach Mary and uh, Nat Nat and his gang here, Nat Love. Because then they're almost gonna they're almost gonna hook up, mm-hmm. and then one of the side crew members comes in, cuts in, yep. And they have the guy. It's a Wayne's brother, isn't it? They have yes. a Wayne's brother yep. that they had Damon captured. And he works for Idris and he's telling him because the whole time Nat Love thinks Idris is behind bars forever. He thinks he's done revenging his parents. And that he's not going to get revenge yet. He's waiting for Idris to get out. And then suddenly the news drops. Idris is out. And so, yeah. And then Rufus Rufus Buck. Sorry. I got to get to character. Rufus Buck. Idris Elba is Rufus Buck. Uh, Again, great. The best part is that they found real black cowboys. And so the, the the Rufus Buck and Jonathan and Nat Love, they were real black cowboys, but they had not a lot of story to work with. So they very much accentuated. Oh, I like it's the not, real story. It's not the based on a true story at the beginning. It's right. These people existed. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. They're not they're not sugarcoating it. Like Trudy Smith, who's Regina King, existed and she was an outlaw and a badass. Um, definitely had a kill count. But the funny thing is, A, it's the 1800s, so a lot of these people didn't live past 30. Um, Stagecoach Mary is probably, other than Delroy Lindo's um, Bass Reeves, is the most uh, prolific because she lives to be like 75 and becomes like a big part of the Pony Express in like the early part of the United States Postal Service in the West. And like she helps found this thing that's a core tenant of America. Like you can get a letter to the West Coast and Stagecoach Mary's going to get it there. You know? And so like I love how much history of it they bring in. Keith Stanfield's Cherokee Bill. Um, Bill Pickett's a real uh, sharpshooter of, of the West. You know, all these Jim Beckworth, same thing. RJ Kyler plays him. Real people, real black cowboys that went West. Because again, 25% of everyone who went West was black. So it cuts after that. They let him go. And it cuts to Idris coming back to this town that he settled or whatever, right? Right. The next? It was it called Redwood? or Redwood, yeah. Or Deadwood. One of the two, yeah. And but, uh, so the thing is, okay, here's another questionable part of mm-hmm. it that I had. Yeah. Was he he comes in and the sheriff of that town mm-hmm. is supposed to be he was in his gang before and yes. it turns out that he sold them out. And so but the the reason Idris gets out is he got pardoned. Right. 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 And then yeah. they come to town 
and just beat the shit out of the sheriff. For a second, I thought they killed him. <laughs> right. And I was like, he really wasted that pardon really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just back to being a wanted exactly, man. Exactly, because that's the whole thing. Like, Keith Stanfield doesn't want to kill anybody. Same thing with Regina King, because they keep waving this paper around on the train. Like, as they're hey, we're pardoned. We're like, right. Free. As they're busting Rufus Buck out. Um, and like they're trying again, they're trying to do everything by the book because like all these white passengers are like, wait, wait, why are we helpless? And you know, and it, it like they play off that so many times. So yeah, uh, Rufus Buck goes to this town, takes it back. He's clearly the king of the town again. And then he says, "We're gonna tax the shit out of you." And then um, he does kill a guy. He kills a guy like, right yeah, in the middle of everybody. And pr- clearly, Rufus Buck is the bad guy. Um, and he's like, "We're gonna tax the crap out of you because we want money, and that's all they want." And it's just it pretty clear. I couldn't. Like, Fully where the bad understand guy what their need for the money right. was. Right, what their motivation other it than we want to be wealthy like was. The guy, the previous marshal, had sold most of the businesses to white people that were coming in. Yes, and they, maybe they he wanted, wanted to buy to them expand, back or something. Right, they wanted to buy back land, and expand because a lot of it is he needs money. Right, like they want to expand supply. black ownership in this town, uh, which parlays really nice into the basically the next scene. Which um, so then we get our first confrontation between. Nat Love and Rufus Buck. And he says, uh, you know, they, they managed to disarm them for whatever reason. And they basically tell Nat Love, you're going to go steal from a bunch of banks for me and you're going to come back and you're going to give me the money and that's going to be that. And this this is all building towards our big climax. Well, and he wanted another. Okay, so I've got, I do have notes. I, I will say I've <laughs> yeah. got some notes. The one thing for that that confused me was Nat Love's like, oh, he wants, I ha- they have to see my face. Right. And but I was like, how is fucking how is Idris gonna know if they saw your face? They're, nobody's gonna call him on a cell phone and say, right, "Hey, right. Yeah, we know this guy's." It doesn't right, make the any sense. Wild West technology me. part of it, and, and I think a lot of it was like just so like he could have just done it and been yeah he could, he could have had a yeah. mask on or whatever. Um, yeah, there's some silly parts, but it, it kind of brings me to my favorite scene is that now Nat Love has to go rob a bank to have enough money to pay Rufus Buck to safely release Stagecoach Mary. She gets abducted in this whole disarmament. Very dumb plan by her. Yeah. Again, and this this is why I love, really like this movie, but there's there's some plot things that are just like the stakes and the motivations are just right. kind of funky. Um, so anyway, he goes to a town. I don't remember what it was called. Do you? But the whole no. the the way they shot it is beautiful. It's like all white sand. Every building is whitewashed. So white. The bank looks like it was just literally just buckets of white paint just coated everything. It's so perfectly clean white for the West, right? And it's clearly a stylistic uh, thing. And they go in there and everybody's banking. And then they, they make a couple of jokes about like um, what uh, what's well, even when R- they R.J. Show- Kyler walks up as uh, Jim Beckworth um, walks up to the the. Tell her, and it's just like I'm. I need to make a large withdrawal. And it's like, oh, honey, you can't make a withdrawal. Lily you need to have an account laughing here. Laughing in her face, right, right, and exactly. And it's clearly like the the pointing directly at racism in the 1800s. And and they're like, well, maybe you can have an account over in this other town where they have black folk. And it's just like, yeah, clearly, clearly, that's really shitty. Um, and then they're like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> she's like struggling to get the gun out because she's usually a very tomboy esque, like, yes, dressed in. Right, and they, they put her in a dress to be like this, uh, yeah. The I thought that was great when the one guy's like, oh, good to know she's a girl. For a second, I thought I was falling for a man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's very funny. And they, they point so many modern fingers at old issues that I, that's that's the 
that's the reason you stay for this movie, and that's why it works and why it's a very funny thing. Is a, it's just a great action western, and they point so much at modern themes and modern problems um, in comparison to all the westerns we've grown up on. That it really works. So anyway, uh, Nat Love successfully robs a bank, and now we've got all this money. He's going to ride into the wagon of Redwood to have this final showdown with Idris Elba. The sheriff King. shows up with that stash of weapons that right. he says Did- Idris has hidden all over the mm-hmm. West. That right. Cool. So, And then we get our, our big action sequence. Um, there's obviously a really great... Do you want to go into the Idris Elba monologue? Oh, the at the end where yeah. he does the reveal? Yeah. Do you think that was real? Or do you think he was fucking with him? I think he was fucking with him. But I think he might have been fucking with him. Yeah. But also, what was his motivation to just kill a priest anyway? You know? <sighs> yeah. Um, so basically what it is I is... Mean, we, we spoiled the shit out of this movie already. Yeah. We'll, we'll lay it on. Whatever. If this, I, I'm going to stop putting the spoiler in because yeah. you know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. We're, we're a full spoiler pod. Get used to it. But Idris is standing there. Majors comes after a huge gun. So many gunfights. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cool gunfights too. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Good, good, good gunplay. Not- and they had they had Fela Kute playing for mm. some of it, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, that worked for me. Yeah, I was loving that. It, exactly. It's it's the soundtrack mixed with like so much of Western action is so bad because it's just like they've shot ten thousand bullets and haven't hit each other at all. And this one's like, no, they're realistically aiming and getting yeah. really close to hitting them. And it's just like I believe that they're actually trying to kill each other in the show. And like right off the bat, like. Even even some of the early killings, there's a lot of blood. They're not hiding oh, how no. much a freaking forty five magnum is going to put a hole in you and how much well, blood. Well, they shoot the guy up into the air he, on the train. He's right. flying through the air. And how much a gun hit will actually like push your yeah. body around a little bit. It's not just like, oh, my God, I'm going to die and slowly fade to the floor. slowly yeah, collapse yeah. onto it's, the ground. It's the shock of the bullet pushes your body physically. And I, I love that they do that. So they get through that whole thing, and Idris is in this building. And Jonathan Majors walks in and he's trying to get him to do the classic gun draw thing. Mm-hmm. And he just has this whole monologue about how they were raised different. Mm-hmm. He's slowly building. And he's saying, you know, my dad murdered my my mom when I was a kid and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And he's he's saying, oh, and then I had to I went to find him again to get my revenge. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's a priest with a kid. That's ten years old, and Jonathan Majors is like, "Wait, what?" It's it's a classic, almost yeah. Darth Vader type thing it's, where it's, they're brothers and right, exactly. You can't kill a family member because we're all tied together. Yeah. And like again, with all the winks at all the slavery stuff and all of the who these people actually were, it's like you don't know who is who. At I was certain- watching that, and I couldn't a hundred percent. I was like, "Is he fucking with him?" Or is that real? I By either, the end, I think way, it was real. Yeah, either way, it thickens the plot enough that Jonathan Majors, um, Nat, Nat Love, has, struggles ha- to has a hard time to pull the trigger, even though clearly uh, Rufus Buck has done some atrocious things and is threatening to kill his longtime love interest, Stoke, Stagecoach Mary. More like Rufus Fuck, I mean, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> Again, we can't come back from the dirty stuff in this pod. It's just always going to be there, too. <laughs> Things you can expect from the Drop the Remote podcast. Um, I mean, Nat Love and Rufus Buck. I mean, we're asking for... This one's, this one's just come easy. On this one's just too easy. Um, so that pretty much wraps up the, the movie. Um, I do. And then, well, the other interesting thing sure. that I thought about at the end. So at the end, they're doing the wrap-up mm-hmm. thing. And Stagecoach Mary and Nat Love are going to go off and do whatever... 
their thing is. Right. And but they have these three graves that they set up. It's the classic Western mm-hmm. two sticks tied to look like a cross right. with names and, and, on and it. And Nat Love's name and is, Nat on, one name is one of them. He fakes his death, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> people are gonna more people are gonna see him than they're gonna see this little stick right. in the ground. I don't think it's going to work that way. Uh, agree. They gloss it, over it really it, quick. It's not like you're a New York Times obituary. It's right. not like everybody's going to visit this tiny no, little you town have to and be like, show up and oh, be like, oh, now Love's dead. I yeah, it's, it's not like, oh, yeah, this this famous black outlaw is now dead. Like, I'm not going to be looking for him anymore. Right. It's, it's And then people are going to, at some point, someone's going to say, I keep seeing this guy with a cross scar <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Again, I don't you have think this, it's him you have this Harry Potter style like yeah. a super obvious like who this person is um scar so yeah there, there's again a couple of the plot points are why this I don't movie is not perfect but make it sound like I dislike the movie because yeah. of all these, these are just little things where I things the movie gets right right the soundtrack totally slaps um to the point so we had before I want to pull I, ju- I just had it um the Heart of the Fall soundtrack. Let's go. Um, CeeLo Green, Jay-Z, Kid Cudi, Lauren Hill, um, The Bullets, Jadakiss, uh, who else? Seal. Seal. <laughs> um, they're all on the soundtrack, and it's all really, really great. Um, there's probably more. I, I, I remember the Fela being in there. I remember all these other drops being in there. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Fela lately, too, mm-hmm. and when that one hit, because it starts off, that's one of the live ones where it starts off with him explaining the song. Mm. And I was like, no way are they. And it just works so well with this crazy gun battle. And that's when Stagecoach Mary is in that fist fight. Yes. And I thought that worked really well. Yeah. So soundtrack totally kills. I, I, a, a, a plus there for the, against the typical Western soundtrack, which can be kind of just slow and brooding. Right. Um, to me, uh, the quotes, the quick, the quippy quotes, quotes that point to all the like references of old westerns. Totally loved it. Um, the whitewashed town scene was so effective, and then the action is just—it's good and it's better. Like I like a lot of action in my movie. Yeah. Again, might be the male, might be the testosterone, whatever. But I like that, and it's just again, it built so much better than Power of the Dog and some of these other westerns that just kind of slow burn, slow burn. And I love a good slow burn, but like. Sometimes I just want to see some bullets right. fly so people actually hit the dirt. There is one thing that I find funny with those shows or movies mm-hmm. that I wrote down two of them of things that look badass in the movie but are super fucking dumb. Yeah. So when they're freeing Idris on the train. Yes. And they turn and they're, uh, Lakeith says, who can drive a train? <laughs> And the one kid raises his hand and they're like, okay, kill everybody but him. Yeah. And then Idris is slowly walking through all of these people shooting guns. Yeah. And he should have walked into one of those. But yeah, he like yeah. he was going to walk. And it looks badass as hell. It's slow motion. He's just strutting through. Right. But I'm like. He's not afraid of bullets. Dude, you were you should just wait. Just stand in the right. corner until the they're done. going to catch yeah, you. It's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. take that long. Yeah, yeah. That one and then the the classic. Okay, I'm going to run out from behind my my. Uh, cover really yep. quick and shoot everybody, and it's like, well, you're gonna get shot. Probably. Yeah, you're, like you're in the wide open, guys. Now. <laughs> right, and and again, and again, it like it it has to honor other westerns. It does a really nice job of walking a fine line of like 
honoring all the Westerns that came before it while also pointing to all of them and being like, what the fuck? 25% of the people in the West were black and all we get is Blazing Saddles. What the fuck? Right, yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing is any other Western movie I've seen, there's maybe one black person. Right, right. Which is just not historically accurate. Right, because they're made for a very specific demographic yeah. and, and you know, that that was what it was. And and now I, I, I like this movie because it's, it's not turning the page, like I, but I hope more of this style of movie come out and it kind of starts to balance the scales uh, in, in cinema uh, of the Western. What, so, do you, what do you give it as a grade? Um, I got to give it a B plus only because some of the plot points didn't work, but every it's definitely very rewatchable, very funny, very likable movie with lots of star power. Um, so a strong B plus. I'd probably it, stick there with you. It, it's right. It's it's it wants to be an A minus. It's I on, the edge. It's I, on I, the edge. I I couldn't I couldn't quite get there because of some of the goofiness. Um, I love they had the classic right before the gang is getting ready to go try and take Idris down, mm -hmm. and uh, Nat loves saying to them why they shouldn't go with him. Like he's like, oh, it's it's going to be too dangerous out there for you, and he does the classic thing where he tells the one guy. Oh, just go get that farm you've always been wanting. You right. wanted that ranch. And I was like, that guy's fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you tell the guy, don't come out, right. go you get, get that ranch you've right. always been talking about. You're going to live forever and live happily like, ever after. He yeah, is absolutely. So fucking dead. Uh, who wins the movie for you? I, I think Cuffy. Yeah, Cuffy. It's funny. Cuffy, um, she wins the Dion Waiters Award for doing the most with the least time on yeah. screen for sure. Um, the, when she disarms the marshal right away, Delroy Lindo. Um, very funny. And then has the, actually beats Lakeith. So Lakeith finally has the standoff mm -hmm. with, uh, what's his name? Uh, B Jim Beckworth, right? Yeah, he, ha yeah. he has the, the standoff with him and kind of cheats him out of it, shoots him before they get to five or whatever. Right. Because that, that's see his whole shtick is that he's the fastest in the West because he's always... But he'll shoot him in the back or he'll shoot him yes. before the countdown or whatever. And Cuffy watches him shoot another guy in the back and she's they, they're like okay let's let's do this and mm -hmm. she actually beats him and i'm like fuck yeah coffee yeah yeah, yeah. coffee's amazing i think as far as like pushing their stock higher and and having the juice this is the jonathan majors coming out party like He's we were so already good, all in his pocket for like let's see him in a bunch more stuff yeah this is another like resume builder like he's gonna be a movie star guy so regina king i they were fine i think zazie beats being in Atlanta is obviously going to be fine. Um, and a lot of these other guys, Delroy Lindo is going to be just fine. Well, it's He's so funny because so many of these people are in awesome shows that yes. I've watched. Zazie Beats and Lakeith, both in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch Luther? Yeah. Luther was an awesome fucking show. Yes. And I don't know. Idris just crushes that. Yeah. And, and and like I said, so it's 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 about representation. It's about the Black Western. Like it's its own unique thing. But so many of these people are huge movie stars in their own right. Um, and, and it's it's interesting that we're now getting these movies of like we need to celebrate it so much that where the entire cast is going to be black to yeah. prove a point. You know what I mean? And so uh, you know, shout out Jonathan Majors. Shout out the whole cast. This is a great great movie. Uh, like James Samuel B plus strong recommend. Uh, go watch this one. Um, watch watch Power of the Dog too, but then come back to this one to actually have a good time. To really, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's if kind you want to take a nap really quick during Power of the Dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you won't miss much. Right, right. So um, that brings us out of the heart of they fall into our top five westerns of all time.
Our, our, our personal top five westerns. Let's put it yeah. this way, because I think my picks were very much with my heart and not with my head. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I very much went for the ones that I liked as either a kid or that came to me at a certain point in my life that I really liked. Um, I honestly struggled coming up with five, but I I like westerns, mm. but I can't. I feel like they start to blend together yes. a lot of the time. And it's also the genre that my parents watch. Mind you, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Right. And so Westerns are pretty much the demographic that, you know, the strong Gary Cooper type, you know? Yeah, it is like, an older person yeah, genre. It, it is. It's, it's the the kind of people that have a cup John of coffee Wayne. after dinner and stay up and watch a Western. <laughs> yeah, John Wayne. Yeah. And that's the thing. is The Western genre, it's... It's beautiful because, like, I love the American landscape and so much of me just wants to be outside in these spaces. And, like, compared to, like, movies that are in buildings and in whatever, like, I think it's the Ansel Adams of it all of the American Western. It's, like, the landscapes are just beautiful and I could just watch the landscapes go by forever. I do. I love that. And there's... I, I touched on it a little with the ponchos, but mm. cowboy attire is just fucking dope for me. A big fan of the cowboy shirt. I could I never love a double-breasted pocketed shirt. The boots, I can't pull off. But at the same time, when it's in the right setting, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I can appreciate it at least. There's so few movies where horses are in them that are bad. Like, Lord of the Rings, again, proved that just, like, being on horses makes movie stars look cooler. It's true. And westerns just always have that. The gunfire is just natural action element, and there's natural tension in it. And the life and death in westerns feels so much more heavy than a, a, a Die Hard or any of these other action movies that come out of Rambo, if or um, you know all of these goofy '80s Schwarzenegger things that come out. Yeah, like uh, when somebody dies in the West, it's like, oh shit, they died. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, there's another Die Hard goon just fall, like another random Russian. Or well, whatever. and it's always like, it's <laughs> always interesting where if somebody shows up anywhere, mm. everybody's very suspicious yes, <laughs> in the yeah. West because they're just unsure of any strangers that right, show right. up. It's just so weird. Right. Because like somebody you haven't seen walks through the saloon doors. It's like, oh. Everybody stops and looks. Yeah. Right, right. And it's a, and it, it's weird to think of a population that's that um, lacking density that like you're just like, oh, there's not a stranger in this town because right. everybody knows everybody and we're barely surviving. Um, Another interesting thing I learned in my history class, mm -hmm. a lot less women in the West than they showed in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, they gave women the right to vote earlier just to get more women to go to the West because a lot of dudes yeah. <laughs> in the West because it was tough sledding out there. Yeah. It's it was hard to survive. It wasn't easy. They called it the Wild West for a reason. A lot of people died of crimes and like there was a lot of gun and murder. Yeah, <laughs> you know, wild. Um, so we we love westerns and uh, I I I before we get into the top five, I just want to pick apart. We were going to do a side by side comparison of Power of the Dog, and I want to break it down just a little bit because um, it's a movie that picks on the toxic masculinity of the western. I did like that aspect. Of yeah, it a bit. and that that to me is the strongest part of it is that um, Cumberbatch uh, is our star of the uh, Power of the Dog, and he is a wrangler. He is a rodeo. Uh, he's, I'm not rodeo in a sense of a, it being a show, but he trains horses and cows and he's a, uh, constant rancher in the West and his family comes to him and he's like, this is how you survive. You will learn to do this. And Jesse Plemons is very much a suit and tie. I'm, I'm an aristocrat. Went to college. I don't need to do this tough cowboy stuff. And he mocks him and picks on him a lot. And then his nephew, is it, is that the right 
So they'd go on a run mm-hmm. to this random town. Right. And the restaurant ladies own, like, the, it's, what's her name? Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Bree Mary's Plemons and it's her, her son. Her son, yeah. Yes. Who's a, like a feminine kind right. of making like little flower art with paper and stuff Correct. like that. So then now there's this effeminate nephew because Jesse Plemons is Yeah, so I, yeah, it is step his nephew. Son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Step nephew. Um, yeah, step nephew um, is now needing to be a ranch hand. And so then again, Cumberbatch is just laying into him and this nephew has, by the end of the movie, has none of it. Do you uh, remember what the weird guy that Cumberbatch keeps talking about his name is yeah who taught him everything who definitely probably molested him. <laughs> right and and that's the thing is like there's definitely some like homo uh erotic like yeah because there's nothing but men in the west right yeah. um this is what we had and uh it was he such a every- weird it was bronco bill or something yeah it was like bronco that. very good um and so then, like, it, you get the idea that Cumberbatch is then going to lay the same psyche onto this nephew. And the nephew, even though he may lean that way, is like, I still want none of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so, like, that's this this whole slow burn of, like, the is the tough guy, the bad guy, but also the West was a tough place. And, like, was he more a victim than he was? Right. Um, uh, uh, ma- yeah. Matter of circumstance versus. Yeah. Right. And so, like. Yes, it's heady, but it did it didn't need all two and a half hours to get there. Absolutely not. And was it entertaining to watch? And my argument is, it had the pieces. It ha- exactly it had pieces, but it's just so slow, and I I couldn't do it. So like the slow burn western, you're gonna notice on my list at least, not a lot of slow burners. A lot of like it gets there pretty quickly, and you know what's going on. So again, I would be very upset if Power of the Dog wins Best Picture of this year. It is so far everyone's consensus front runner. I just Jane don't Campion, get it. Jane Campion wants to be recognized. She's been recognized by the Oscars in the past. Always a nominee, never a winner. And so they're all saying like this is the Jane Campion year, the director's year. And Cumberbatch does give a pretty good performance. His accent, again, yeah, is English guy as a Montana rancher. Like what? And also like I also got more and more irritated when I realized that. Um, it was filmed in New Zealand and not in Montana. Oh, really? And so, like, I'm looking at the landscapes and I'm like, okay, the American West is a beautiful place and I get that it's more and more populous and it's hard to get some of these shots because yeah. there's, like, a random building in the background that doesn't fit the period. And I I did. I just got upset because it's just, like, the, the landscapes weren't as good as other Westerns for me. And, like... You don't have the plateau. Right, the classic Sergio Leone's in some of those national park situations. And it's just, like... So, again, one of the greatest strengths of... We were just talking about the Ansel Adams effect of Westerns isn't in that movie as strong as I wanted it to be. And, like, I get there's the whole, like, stare at the hills and do you see the... What do they call it? Somebody holding oh, a, it's like a monkey holding a coffee cup some, or something. Yeah, that thing was <laughs> do, wild. Do you see the whatever? You guys... Well, and and yeah. how Cumberbatch is like, you guys wouldn't even get it yeah and then yeah. the kid's like oh yeah it's the fucking it's yeah, like yeah. A, looking at a cloud to yeah see yeah it. and it's so it, it was just all kind of whack for me so again not that you shouldn't watch it because like we want you to watch the artsy stuff too but you can spend your time way better on things yeah. that are saying way more um that's enough of power of the dog all right let's get to it we're gonna go from five to one of our favorite westerns of all time um do you want to go first chris i can start it off let it rip all right well I think I'm going to put The Harder They Fall 
as my number five. I, I thought you might. So that's why I wanted to start. Yeah, to I think that it does enough new stuff for me. Mm. And again, I, I don't want to come off as nitpicky because yeah. I, I did give a lot of mm-hmm. shit to certain things, but I really liked it. But when you're the only one in your genre or at least the only famous one in your genre, you're immediately vaulted to the number right. one yeah, spot. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. And they did something that I, I really appreciate with, you know, an all black cast and making it more realistic than some westerns honestly yeah, yeah. I, I think the action in the soundtrack as well as uh the themes and what they had to say more than put it in into that category yeah, so, so it, it cracks the top five for me love it um i went for the tarantino western which obviously he is extremely influenced by a lot of old westerns um i did the hateful eight i watched this in imax and it cry- like it was the I said there was gonna be no slow burns. I immediately start off with a slow burn <laughs> western, um, and it, it just did everything I wanted it to. Um, the the who done it part of all of it, the the co- the just the simple plot mechanics with the coffee and like just the everybody's doing their own thing in the corners of this cabin. It's an yeah. all one room play. It really could be. It's it's ready for the theater, and then right away. Tarantino understands the assignment and just gets these beautiful snow battered landscapes. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of snow in other Westerns too, but like just absolutely gorgeous. And it's filmed on like the, the super, not super eight. That's a whole different camera, but the one type of film that's like super wide and super ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. And so I, I just absolutely have to give it to the, the hateful eight, uh, the Channing Tatum, uh, spoiler in the middle of it. It's just absolutely... I, I didn't see it coming. Incredible stuff. Um, Tarantino's clearly near and dear to my heart. I gotta give it to the Hateful Eight. That's my number five. What's your number four, Chris? So, my number four, I'm gonna have to go with one that maybe... It, a, isn't even a movie. B, <laughs> takes place in outer space and is arguably... Maybe not a Western. <laughs> Literate, but The Mandalorian. I, mean, I think The Mandalorian, what they're going for with that show was classic Western, lone, lone gunslinger, cowboy yes. guy. And the fact that Star Wars and so many of these shows, I, like they do so much crazy um, s- s- landscape spotting in, in general. Again, it's that same assignment of like find a really cool landscape get it on film and then put actors in the middle and then of it. have a guy casually crossing it on either right, a on horse speed, or a speeder, speeder right, whatever right. It's, it exactly is. take the horse out and put him on a speeder mm-hmm. and boom you've got you've basically got the same premise of western and especially it's the lone gunner in the yeah. middle of the west it's the lone There's gunner in the middle of the quick draw shit going right, on right right absolutely and he's always got yeah i could totally give you mandalorian as the what the space western um john favreau shout out john favreau he's chris so <laughs> so talented. uh my number four is butch cassidy and the sundance kid uh shout out eric equals if you're out there he's he's my al um he's he, he is my uh sundance to my butch cassidy in college um we we were just thick as thieves back then and i watched that movie in college i watched that movie when i was a kid um robert redford you might have heard of him pretty good paul newman pretty good got some pretty good dressings uh, um you know and it, again just i love how it goes into different acts and it just very much has different things it wants to deal with it keeps moving it just just absolutely fantastic if you haven't seen butch Cassidy and sundance kid i don't know it's still i you. watched it it's once as classic as it gets. a long time ago and remember being blown away by it mm. it was 
Very good movie. And I I just love how Sundance is he's he's again the sharpshooter. Um, that's what we all love in those movies, though, right? Yeah, the guy yeah. that's just he's just way too draw. technically talented with a gun to not be a hero. You what know? else do you have to do, though? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're in you, the old west. As long as you're faster than the other guy, you were gonna win. You you're gonna play be around rich. with this gun for a while until <laughs> yeah. I'm really cool. And, and like, if you live and he dies, only you get to tell the story. Yeah. So you, he might have attacked you first. You know, you never know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid, fantastic. Uh, that's my number four. What's your number three, Chris? My number three is going to be an interesting one. It was, so there used to be this network that when I used to have cable, I would watch randomly. I would get very high at night. Classic rewatchables territory watch, of just something with commercials every 15 minutes yeah, coming in. Classic. Yep. yep. But it, it, the El Raid network, it okay. was called. And they used to have all these weird, it was just weird movies. So they would have, I think, for Christmas, they showed all these the old Godzilla movies. <laughs> and they had a bunch of kung fu movies on there. Okay. And they had the original Django, like the mm. inspiration for mm. Django Unchained. Have you ever seen that before? The original? I've, I've never seen the original Django. And so, it, it feels like a homework assignment as a huge Tarantino fan. Wild. I should have had. This guy, it's this guy. They, they do a reference to it in the Unchained, you know, when they have the scene where they all have the bags over their heads. Yes. And Jonah Hill's like, I can't see anything. I, those masks were what the bad gang wears in the original Django, and they're trying to take over this okay. town. And it's this ex-military guy from the Civil War, and he just carries this coffin around with him everywhere. Right, right. He just drags this coffin with him, and people are asking him, why do you have the coffin? He's like, well, I'm not going to pay for one when I'm dead. So like, bury me in this. <laughs> so it gets to this one climax where the, the gang's coming to attack this town and he's, you know, the reluctant helping the town guy. Right. And he's sitting there, rolls up a cigarette, sitting next to his little coffin and the, the gang starts coming in and he pops the coffin open and just has this like crank Gatling gun, right. machine gun. The original automatic weapon. Just yeah. pulls it out and just fucking starts spraying these dudes down. It was so awesome. Again, I was pretty baked when I watched it, so I can't give you all the details, but I remember being like, this movie is fucking sick. Yeah. Um, just looking at the IMDb, it, it, it's pretty uh, ridiculous. It very much a spaghetti western directed by oh, yeah. Sergio Gorbucci. Um, very much. So spaghetti. Yeah, very spaghetti. Um, stars Franco Nero and uh, the love interest as Maria Lori Dana Nuskiak, uh, apparently a supermodel of the time. Pretty great stuff here. Oh, so much. It's all dubbed. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, all yeah. like classic, very classic Western. I will have to go back. It sounds like that's it's, it's that's a, a couple more bourbon and gingers deep. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at the scene with the red hoods and everything. Okay, this is this is gonna be great. It's so, an awesome movie. J Django is your number three. I'll have to go back and watch it because obviously the Tarantino reference is everything. Um, my number three is an absolute classic. It's Unforgiven. Clint Eastwood's uh, epitome movie um, of the western is he reflects back on all of what his early success in Westerns was meant to him. Yeah. And it kind of all comes to a head in Unforgiven. And I kind of love that of the like, how do we make sense of senseless violence in the West movie? And he waited till he was old enough so that he could play the lead star because he was too young in all of the for a few dollars more trilogy yeah. of movies. Um, 
I mean, come on. The thing won a couple Oscars. What, what more do I need to say about Clint Eastwood? I had to include one Clint Eastwood, or else I felt I would have disrespected the entire well, genre. Don't worry, we'll get a little more of them. Okay, okay. Good. Spoiler I'm, I'm, alert for the list. Very, very glad um, we got at least some Clint Eastwood on here. That's got, my how do you three. not? You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my number three. Um, I, I have to say, I, I I always cheat on these fucking lists. I wrote Unforgiven slash Tombstone because <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Tombstone too. Tombstone is just like. It's the other movie, 90s Western, that I feel like hit all the notes that I fucking love about Westerns. But that one was more like the action, like, let's get more stars in yeah. here. It had a little bit less to say about the Western genre, but it was just really, really well done. Well, what's Val the... Kilmer and everybody else in that one, fantastic. I'll, I'll wait till the end to ask, actually, that question. Okay. So my number two... It's tough. I My, my top three are kind of in no particular order mm-hmm. for me. So I guess since I already spoiled it, I'm going to say good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Just the classic Westerly. The first thing that ever got me into spaghetti oh, Westerns. The soundtrack. Wow, wow, wow. The standoff where it's just their eyes looking at yes, each other. Yes. I, all of those movies, those are Clint Eastwood movies where he's the quiet, mm-hmm. silent guy that is just badass. It's the other one where he goes to that town. Is it for a few dollars more? I think it's yeah, a fistful of dollars or one of those. Dollars, yeah. There's like Two or three of them that are about dollars. <laughs> yeah, agreed. But well, it's, it's fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and then the good, the bad, the yeah. ugly is the trilogy. And right? the good, the bad, and the ugly for me is is the best one. And mm. I've I've seen that movie so many times. And right, so those are the, the Sergio Leone like super super classic. Um, gets Clint Eastwood's career really going. Uh, movies. Um, so good. I mean, again, what, what else can we say? Like, if you haven't gone and watched the classic, like these are like the almost like the film school western ones because, yeah. again, it's they're not telling the realistic story of what's in the West, but more making the most of what you can do with a camera in the West and right. like getting the landscape shots, getting those super close ups. They were doing the things that you can't do on a soundstage. I mean, a lot of it, ironically, was on a soundstage in L.A. But, like, they were doing well, they things... They a lot that, of it in Italy. That's why it was... Right. And that were revolutionary Western. for the time with the camera of, like, you didn't do a close-up that close-up before. Like, you didn't Just do... Just their eyes darting you back You didn't do forth. some of these things in, in movies before that. So, like, yeah, the revolutionary parts of it are... At the end, he's got the guy standing on the, on the grave or whatever. Mm. And he's got the noose around his neck, and he gets far enough away and shoots the, the noose off of him or, what, like... It just ends like that. Oh, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. You just reminded me of uh, the the meme of James Franco and the Ballad of Billy Scruggs. Um, oh, where he's just like, oh, first your first time. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, I Billy Scruggs, I wish I... I never watched that one. Again, very, very funny, but I couldn't couldn't do it. I know we've got a, a couple comedy westerns coming in here. Um, hot off the top. Um, it's not really comedy because it is. It does very much fit the western, but there's a lot of funny parts about my number two, which is True Grit, um, the Coen Brothers remake of the original. Um, just freaking loved it. Oh, uh, you're not the beef. The original <laughs> was John Wayne, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, it, I'm too old and too fat. You go up there and get it. <laughs> uh, there's just like so many incredible one liners. Going back to the one liners of yeah. westerns. Um, just incredible stuff. Matt Damon's incredible in it. Um, I mean, what else, what else do we need to say about True Grit and the Coen Brothers? Like, love the Coen Brothers. Uh, we love when directors do different genre work, and True Grit. It just came out again in an influential time in my life where I was just like, "Yeah, westerns, let's go." Uh, so that's my number two. What's your number two? 
Oh, I think I'm on number one. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Go for it. So my number one, you already spoiled a little with the comedies. Mm. And this was, again, a movie that I saw when I was young and I just could not get enough of it. But Shanghai Noon. Hell yes. I had the DVD of it. as and Maybe the VHS, too. I don't yeah. remember exactly the time. But this was a movie because of Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson's stance in my early teens. I was just like, yeah. We can watch it. And it was so a movie good. like your your parents were into because it was a Western. Oh, it was a classic funny, watch with But it's parents. got the kung fu guy, yeah. you know? And it's just like, yeah. like this. Even the sequel was Shanghai Nights, I yeah, think it was very called. very funny. Very good. I with love- Heath Ledger? No. Oh my god! I gotta look this up now. Like the bad guy in that one? No, no, no. There's there's a Heath Ledger western, and I'm I'm gonna screw it up. Um, but go ahead and tell us about. Uh... Well, I I think it's always funny how how many, I guess, it wasn't a trilogy. They only did the two of the Shanghai right, right. ones. But the just pairing Jackie Chan with somebody funny, like they threw him in with Owen Wilson in that one, and then you get your classic Rush, Rush Hours, hour, right, right, with Chris Tucker, but. I don't I I don't remember exactly what it was. It was one of the early Owen Wilson things mm. for me, I think, mm. that I saw too, where I just really thought he was like the best. Was a huge Jackie Chan fan mm. when I was younger. And it does it it genre bends the kung fu movie with the Western, which yes. I don't know. Love that movie. Hilarious and also good action in it. Right. Extremely watchable, extremely easy to digest. You there's nothing that's um, gonna make you think too hard, but it's also that's the point. Is it's right. a great popcorn movie. You love it. You can rewatch it. It's painless. It's absolutely painless. Um, I, me going with the 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 movie that told me that westerns mattered a lot. Um, going back to college, going to film class, and they're like, "All right, we're only doing one western, and it's got to be Gary Cooper in High Noon." And I was like, "Oh." Okay, you're gonna make me watch an old fuddy duddy movie. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's go film class. I've already watched 17 <laughs> fucking movies from 1935. Um, and then you watch High Noon and you're like, oh, fucking Gary Cooper's a bad man. <laughs> this is that is the peak showdown movie. Like yeah. that is the first one that like gets the showdown absolutely right in tension and in scope. Um They'll make him like Gary. In the wise words of Tony uh, Soprano, why can't why aren't men like Gary Cooper anymore? You know, where's the, Gary, the strong, silent types? You know, the Gary Cooper of it all. And so, yeah, High Noon. I I I gotta I gotta play it by the book. High Noon's still got to take it. It's I haven't seen that one. I'm gonna have to. I, it was just one of those things. Like, I had a great time in college. And when you take a film class in college, you're like, this is an easy four zero. Right. Everybody loves a good film class. And then they're like, yeah, I'm going to watch every movie. And then you watch it and you're like, there's a couple on the list that you're like, oh, this one's going to be a stinker, but I'm going to get through it. Yeah. And then you're like, no, high noon fucking slaps. <laughs> like I thought it was going to be a stinker and it totally fucking slaps. Um, yeah, this, this is our, our Western list. A shout out of one that I actually haven't watched, but I remember hearing mm. a lot about of is... I think it's called Young Guns or something like that, isn't it? It's an 80s movie. It's the same thing. I think Emilio Estevez is in it. Yes, it's yes, It's all yes. of those, like, younger yes. dudes from that time. Charlie Sheen's probably in there somewhere. It took me a second to connect the dots, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, basically all the young, popular actors of the 80s were all in Young Guns. And, and they're supposed to be the big names of the West. I yes. think they're all supposed to be... The Billy the Kid story a little right. bit, yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's just funny because again, that came just a little before our time, right? Yeah, know? I never saw it, but I remember hearing a lot of good things about that. Right, and and to be fair, Tombstone came out when I was like 
three yeah. <laughs> and unforgiven <laughs> still but like you know you go back and you watch some of these things um yeah and like we it's funny because we almost i almost included blazing saddles on mine as well and it's it's so funny a lot of the humor has not aged well right. at all yeah. there's obviously some racist undertones but they're also making fun of racist and so it's just in, in the same episode that we did the harder they fall it's it was it's, 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 it's a real tough like hang to be like yeah i'm gonna just throw that on my top five yeah. list real quick um still still here for blazing style still really funny but with a huge disclaimer yeah. of like we do not condone everything in that movie um yeah, so that's that's the Western episode. Anything else you want to include on there, on there, Chris? Uh, no, let's normalize ponchos again. That's uh, let's normalize how I ponchos. Ponchos are fucking dope. Every once in a while, you know, one good Western a year, folks. Hollywood, just just one. I yeah. don't need a hundred. I just need one, no. and that's that's where I'll leave it. It's a, it's a great genre film. I hope more directors do it. Tarantino did it. The Coen Brothers have done it. Every director, I think, should take a stab at a Western, just because of the camera movement and. Um, the landscape shots of it all and how you have to do more with less in character development. Love it. Love, love a good Western. Yeah. There's a standard formula, so you can mess with that a little bit, but there's still kind of an area that you know to keep it in. Not to tie it into our last episode, but Batman Western. Would you watch a Batman Western? I would fucking love a Batman. <laughs> well, no, because he needs guns, though. You know, like he would need guns. And that kind of ruins the mm. Batman Western for me. Right. There's no way for Batman to can't have it in unless he's throwing a sketchy Batarang. Right. All of the Batman Western would have to be at night and he'd have to like move through a saloon without anybody finding right. it. It's yeah. like the only, yeah. It's I don't only, see Batman rolling into the saloon in right. the middle of the it's day. It's the stealth aspect of Arkham City and Arkham Knight yeah. <laughs> without any of the action portion yet. There's, yeah, you're right. It probably wouldn't work. But I, uh, I can see how he has that lone cowboy yeah, yeah. look to him and everything. He, Batman is the Gary Cooper type. Yeah. <laughs> Just not... Strong silence. Uh, yeah. For sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Somebody go out there and write the Batman Western screenplay. Oh, let's, let's, let's hear it. And quick shout out to Back to the Future 3. Yes. Gotta do it. Love that. Oh my God. Let's, let's go... 80. The worst of the Back to the Future movies, arguably. Mm, but, but that's still, still good. Yeah. Still really good. Still more than a B. So... Um, that's all we got in the Westerns. This, thank you again for listening to Drop the Remote Podcast. Um, we've got an Instagram, Drop the Remote Pod. We've got a Gmail uh, that I will t check after this. If we're going to have a mailbag episode, I guess I got to actually check the mail. Yeah, you probably check it um, out. So thanks again for all, all, you, all the listens. Um, follow uh, me on Instagram as well. I'm haugbd192 on Instagram. There's a lot of reviews there. And I'm also on, I, I'm going to shout out my letterbox. I'm going to do the movie the thing and it felt appropriate this episode because if you're going to follow me on letterbox you're going to be following buck wild benny and it just seemed Perfect. appropriate on the western episode surprised no one was named that in the movie to get the buck wild in there uh buck wild benny on letterbox i recently transferred all of my reviews from facebook and instagram to letterbox so if you want to see my in the moment review of movies and some of them were kind of embarrassing because i went all the way back to like 2012 <laughs> in college and some of the ones i did in college and it's like good lord i've gotten a lot smarter over the years but um i go all the way back on some movies so if you ever want to know my opinion on some things you can look up some reviews there so uh thanks again i and, also uh, have an instagram but it's just 
times that I hear the song Smooth by Carlos Santana and Rob Thomas. <laughs> and I also forgot the password and I can't get back in. So there's only four videos. So you can follow it if you want. But We're going to get Chris higher on. We're, we're going to get him, Chris, on one of our social channels so that you can see what Chris is thinking. Too, <laughs> so surely. He, he's, been, he's been off, very wisely off the social media. Oh, yeah. but Except for when I hear Smooth by Carlos Santana yeah, and Rob Thomas. It's, it's fantastic. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. We're out. Peace.